This is Tony Thomason. Today is Friday, October the 9th, 2015. Today I'm interviewing for the first time architect and sculptor Bob Coffey. This interview is taking place at the home of Bob Coffey located at 804 Wayside Drive in Austin, Texas. This interview is being done for the Austin History Center and is one of a series of interviews with Austin Travis County architects. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. You ready to get started? You bet. Could you start by telling me your full name and when and where you were born? My full name is Robert Franklin Coffey. I was born in Dallas on uh, November 12, 1933. And did you grow up in Dallas? I grew up in the University Park, a suburb of North, North Dallas and uh, lived there all my years till I went to college. Okay. Tell me about uh, when you first knew you wanted to be an architect and what drew you to architecture? Well, uh, it's a long story. Uh, shall okay. I tell my story? Go ahead, tell your story. Uh, I had a degree from the University of Texas in 1955 in journalism and advertising. I was working in Dallas. I came out of there and got a job in Dallas uh, in the sales part of advertising. I was fixing to be married and that wasn't going too good. Uh, I got frustrated and went to the VA for an aptitude test said I should be a policeman, a fireman, a forest ranger, or a farmer. Well, that didn't help much. <laughs> I started going around and interviewing things I thought I might like to try. My family were all lawyers, so I knew about the law. I interviewed artists, then I went started got interested in interviewing architects, and they had beautiful offices with great drawings and models all over the place, cute secretaries, and I thought, man, I can do this. So I quit my, quit my advertising job, got a job as a carpenter, and uh, I went, uh, went to my dad and said, Dad, I want to go back to architecture school. And he said, you want to go to school again? He'd already put me through college one time. He said, well, just go. Well, I had about $400 saved up, so I came down to the university, enrolled in architecture school in the summer, and uh, we, three of us kept an old house for a lady, got her rent free. I, I, uh, I waited tables at girls' boarding house, got my meals free, and worked at Hempfield's bookstore, and took freshman and sophomore design at the same time. Wow. I didn't have, I had so many electives from my previous degree, I could just concentrate mm -hmm. on design. So I tried to, you know, speed up my the, getting my degree, which uh, went fine for a long time uh, until I hit steel working drawings. And I flunked that twice and I, Dropped out of school and went to Dallas and went to work for some architects up there. But anyway, uh, 
Uh, I think who encouraged me in architecture were basically my professors and uh, and just acquaintances I knew in town in the architecture world. Uh, so were you working for architects while you were in school? I worked. I would work for the professor some. I worked for Gene Wukash. Uh, no, what? Yeah, what's it? Yeah, Gene Wukash. I worked for him mm -hmm. for a little bit, and uh, down the street. Oh, who else did I work for? But I had some kind of little odd jobs while I was in school. And then when I came out of school, I got. I had the. Uh, when I went back to school, I dropped out. Went to Dallas. Worked for George and Oliver, and they were Frank Lloyd Wright's representatives for the Dallas mm -hmm. Theater Center and a, and a house that Wright had designed in Dallas. And uh, I went to them because David George had taken a full day off and taken me and another student one time around Dallas and showed us all these things. And boy, he was a great guy. He said, we can't hire you. We don't have any just the two of them. I said, well, I'll come in and make coffee and open the office, shut it down and everything, and I have a little project in Austin I'll work on while I'm here. Well, after a while, they put me on, and I was mm -hmm. pretty soon working for them. But I did that for, for a semester. Uh, then I came back to school that summer and did pass field work and drawings. <laughs> and, but I ended up having the highest grades in the fourth year class in, in design. I won, I won a design competition that the state hospital sponsored for a church chapel and offices for chaplains out there. And my little freeform design that I built a plaster, little plaster model of won the competition and Martin Kermacy was my professor and I remember one day coming in and Kermacy had taken, I'd built this model and he had taken, uh, he'd taken cake icing and written Happy Birthday Bob on the top of this big <laughs> plaster model. <laughs> but, uh, and he would, he was an inspiration to me. He would take me into his office. He would, he was the uh, cultural attaché to Spain, and he would wow. take me, I didn't realize that, but he would take me in his office and show me Antonio Gaudi's freeform work and everything, mm -hmm. and uh, encourage me to do that project. But uh, he really, really encouraged me. And, uh, and when you won that competition, did it get built or? Uh, oh no, it was, it uh, was it, just... it, they couldn't build it. Well, they probably could have built it, but they they didn't didn't build it. But uh, it was a little too far out, I think, yeah. for them. Yeah. But but anyway. But you did finish at UT. You did. Finish. I did. Yeah, I finished uh, and uh, was given a job by Page Southern Page right out of school as a designer. So I worked uh, on hospitals. Uh, designed the one in Hondo Hospital down there. Worked on the one. Worked on a project in Beaumont, which was the uh, owned the big art center down there. And 
George Page would just bring me a little simple drawing and I'd have to make it into some kind of a building. But I designed the high-rise building down here on, on Willis Street, the big housing authority, old folks home. Mm -hmm. And uh, my brother and I got, my brother and I were trying to find some ranch land out here and get my dad interested in it. And one day George Page called me in and he says, what the hell is going on here? He said, if the phone wasn't ringing in this office and it was for you, I wouldn't know this was my office. I said, well, I guess it's these old ranch real estate men calling me. He said, well, you head them in or you're out of here. Well, right after that, I had to go to a two-week Army Reserve camp at Fort Hood. When I came back, all my stuff was sitting in the in the hall. He fired me. So, oh, no. So I got fired from my first job. So then I went to work for Don Legg and Paul Coates. And Don Legg was a guy I knew was a brilliant architect. And uh, Paul Coates... Uh, had kind of a strange personality. He would get us all together to go eat lunch and everything and take us out and be real expansive and buy. And then he'd have a couple of drinks and when he'd come back to the office, he'd just come right down on us and just, we don't, we don't cross our T's like that or we don't do this, that, and the other. And finally, I just got to where I couldn't get along with him, so I quit him, <laughs> quit that job. And then I realized I got to do something myself. So I finally had gotten my license. And uh, so I started with Stuart Lambert. We kind of organized a little firm, but he was working for PSP, but he would never quit. But he got us a job on the drag there to do a men's store. We did that, and I got a little plan to do a, a, uh, camp out here uh, up above Lago Vista. Did a master plan and did the did the uh, lodge and the cabins for the, that uh, camp. And uh, then that kind of fell through. Well, anyway, I finally got Jack Cryer hooked up with him. Jack Cryer knew how everything went together. Mm-hmm. And I could design and render but I still couldn't do work and drawings very good, but he knew just how all buildings went together. Jack Cryer and I worked in the same office for 35 years on a handshake, and people wow. say, well, where do you have to go to work? I said, I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work every day in this office with Jack Cryer and have fun. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful. That's great. Yeah. And you added a partner or two later, right? We uh, we added Bill Skank. Uh, he was assigned to us when the Texas Society of Architects Historic Committee was doing a study of courthouse squares. And uh, Bill was a student. He was assigned, and we did it in our office, worked on it in our office. And we liked him so well that he became a partner. Mm-hmm. He worked for us and became a partner. And then later, George Hammond, uh, who'd worked for us for a long time, we made him a partner. And we found out George Hammond was a great designer. We didn't ever let him design anything, but he built a house that was just incredible out here on a hill. 
And when I see it to this day, it looks like Le Corbusier designed it. Wow. I mean, it's just a fantastic house. But we had a great, great time with that office. You've been over to the office, I think. Many times. Yeah, you have. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, a little. So are you still involved with the office at all? Do you... No, we go, we'll go eat a lunch once in a while or get mm -hmm. together. They're, uh, they're doing a lot of work for UT. Okay. They do all this remodeling, and uh, and that's basically what their work is right now. Mm -hmm. It's working with you too. So Jack's is Jack. Jack has retired. Uh, he uh, he has a little little piece of property out here, up on uh, on one of the rivers. Lampasas River or something like that, and he's designed a house and additions and everything, mm -hmm. and he's always working on that project, it seems like. But he's doing well. So, let's see what questions I have here. Um, talk about some of the architects who inspired your work in your career. Well, uh, I was a big fan of Frank Lloyd Wright's, and I really liked his stuff. Anytime I travel someplace, if there's a Wright project around, I got I got to go see it. And I've seen a lot of his work, and I used to study his work. David George, who was a protege of who worked for Frank Lloyd Wright, and who I worked for in Dallas, he he had the greatest style of you know architecture, and I just loved his his work. And then O'Neill Ford. I thought O'Neill mm -hmm. Ford was a great, great architect. Whenever I get a chance to see O'Neill Ford's work, I'll go see that. But those three guys really. I did go to see Le Corbusier's uh, Ronchamp Chapel a couple of years ago in France, mm -hmm. and it was incredible. Just like it was just, just been built. I yeah. mean, so well maintained. Well, during your career. Did you uh, serve on any Austin or Travis County boards or commissions? Or? Well, I was on the Austin Parks Board for about six years, I think, in the late 70s and early 80s. And, uh, <clears throat> oh, we went, I would be on subcommittees like the Capital View Carter Committee. I remember being on that. And then I was on the Downtown Revitalization Task Force, and I think I was vice chairman of that thing. But uh, those are the main things that I was involved in. And well, I was president of the AIA chapter. What year was that? One year. That was, that was back in that time, about early, early 80s, yeah. late 70s, early 80s. But I had enjoyed that. Okay, can you tell me about um, some of your projects that you've done in Austin and Travis County, and um, which ones do you think had the biggest impact on Well, uh, probably the Austin Rec Center. I, when I was on the Parks Board, of course you get in with the Parks Director and everything, next thing you know, well, you, you get the Austin Rec Center. And uh, we did two rec centers, 
We did the Dove Springs Rec Center, the Austin Rec Center is a great project. We did the uh, we did the United Way headquarters building, uh, mm -hmm. which is really a nice that that really like that building. Uh, we did the East Austin Multipurpose Center, uh, which was a city project. We did the Town Lake restrooms, the little lift slab mm -hmm. buildings with the plastic tops all up and down there. Uh, we did both the Austin Housing. The first one of the first jobs we had in Austin was the headquarters of the Austin Housing Authority. We did that little building, and then later on we did a second building for them. Where are those? They're located? on they're the East Austin Multiverse Center and the two housing authority center buildings are on the same block. They oh, all okay. occupy that one block over on between Office Second and Comal right in there. Okay. But uh, and let's see, we did the uh, renovated the headquarters building at Camp Mabry. Mm -hmm. We did McKinney Falls State Park. Ooh, I bet that was fun. Oh, it was really neat. Uh, let's see. Well, that's most of that's when we did some residences around Austin and some <laughs> few other things, few commercial projects, but not most of our work was park work. When uh, when we were in architecture school, uh, Blake Alexander had us on a history course, either write a big term paper or go measure his historic building. Well, my roommate and I and a couple of guys, we were kind of roaming around the country out here looking looking for treasure. Something J. Frank Dobie's <laughs> treasure. We following up on some of that. We discovered Fort McCabot. Well, Fort McCabot was this incredible old, old run-down fort uh, one of them was a bar, and some of them were hay sheds, and and uh, but uh, we just, we found the the headquarters building where Robert E. Lee had stayed wow. during the Mexican War. So we go down there and we camp at the Boy Scout camp, and we measure the headquarters building, and a beautiful building. So when we Jack and I started our firm, well, there's Texas started these trail, the, the coastal trail mm -hmm. and the hill country trail. Well, one of them was the Texas Frontier Fort Trail. And Texas had bought five of these forts. Well, I go down to the Historic Commission and show them our measured drawings of headquarters of Fort McCabot. They gave us the restoration of Fort McCabot, Fort Richmond, and Fort Griffin, all oh three gosh. of those forts. <laughs> in different stages, I mean, we, yeah. and eventually Fort Richardson, they gave us a park, a state, we designed the Fort Richardson State Park at Jacksboro. Well, this, this led to McKinney Falls Park, mm -hmm. and pretty soon we're in the parks business. I go, I see where they're looking for architects for Big Ben, Fort Davis, and Amistad Reservoir, the National Park Service. I go up to Albuquerque, show them my work we're doing for the Texas Parks and Wildlife. I'm standing outside in the hall and I hear through the door, well, why are we gonna interview any more architects? This guys are doing, these guys are doing exactly what we want. 
we got the job. Fort oh Davis. Big Ben, Fort Davis, and Amistad Reservoir. We That's didn't do huge. any work at Fort Davis, but we did work at Big Ben. We did work at Amistad. We did, they designed it and we built it. And uh, everything had to be solar mm-hmm. power and everything. Well, then from that we got uh, the uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service hired us to do master plans of Brazoria, Anahuac, and Atwater Prairie Chicken Wildlife Refuge. So we were going down the, the places and yeah. making Fun. master plans. Uh, but driving back and forth from Big Bend, you get to thinking, I got to get a job between here and there. I have to go out there ever so often, you know, every couple of weeks. Well, I stopped in Ozona, picked up the paper, and I saw where the Crockett County National Bank was going to build a new bank, thinking about building a new bank, and I saw a guy that I knew in college was on the board. I <laughs> went there and got the job. We got the job. We designed this beautiful bank in Ozona, and there's a big story, a story about it. Uh, but uh, we got, but anyway, got that bank job. Well, anyway, we also got into, my brother was uh, Dolph Briscoe's executive assistant when Dolph Briscoe was governor. And as he said, Briscoe only wanted to make it where he could turn right on red. He didn't want to spend any money. And that was the <laughs> thrust of his uh, administration. But uh, my brother got a bank, uh, whatever you call it, franchise in downtown Dallas, and pretty soon he had a reunion bank. And they hired me to uh, take this old parking garage and make it into a bank in, in uh-huh. downtown Dallas. We did that, and then they did another branch in one of the high-rise buildings. And then my friend Cully Cowell, who had the Cowell Sun Shops across from SMU, I'm eating lunch there on the SMU drag, bump into him, and pretty soon I'm doing work for Cowell. <laughs> My gosh! And uh, but it's it's really who you who you know in this business. Mm-hmm. I go up to uh, the core. Of, well, I go to the post office. I see where they're at looking for somebody to do post office up in Marble Falls. I go up there and there's my old roommate, uh, Gene Brode, working for the post office. We get the Marble Falls post office. From that, we get the regional post office up in Killeen. And uh, just kind of these little ironic... Well, I think it's more than that, though. I think people really like working with you. Well, uh, uh... we we really developed yeah, some great great relationships with well you we worked with you on the mm-hmm. on the, the rec, rec center. center and that was a great project. I it remember was we a hard one. It was <laughs> it was hard. Yeah, it was. We had to get it up out of the floodplain, you know. Yes. And that's why it's up there. And all those people that owned the land, ACC and oh yeah. the school district and yeah yeah. But that was, that was a great project. I remember mm-hmm. uh, we had a slab party over there, and I've got pictures of Carol McClellan. I think mayor, she was mayor at that time, and I worked real hard for her. I knew her in college, and uh, 
worked on her. I put campaign. up signs for her all over mm-hmm. town, and that that helped too. To, to, but my my partners never. They never got into any of that. They oh, never, the actual going out and getting the work. Yeah, they. They just let you do that yeah, part. I guess so, but anyway. Well, how big did your office get when you had all that work? I mean. Well, we had uh, we had some good architects working for us. We had uh, Hans Turley, who used to be Cooney and mm-hmm. Turley. He was he was retirement age, but he was very good. We had Doug Johnson, who we used to work with uh, Coats and Leg. He was a great uh, draftsman. We had, uh, oh gosh, we had, we had a lot of good draftsmen off and on, mm-hmm. and good, good. Uh, Judy Cook uh, worked for us. You remember her? I don't. No. She's now a professor over at UT. I think oh, teaching, okay. teaching. Uh, she was, she was great. Uh, but we we never we had uh, oh Steve Files and uh, then later on Bill Bowder came mm-hmm. with us Dan uh, Dan Smith Bill Bowder uh, Ken Arthur had a room in the house across the street and he would work on some projects for us but we we had a lot of good people come and go through that office yeah. And is, was your office always down there? Always in that little. Well, no, it started off in my house. Oh, okay. Back of my house, my wife was teaching school, and I was. We were taking care of the kids. The kids were there after school, and we worked it out of my house for a while, and then we moved over there mm-hmm. and worked on it. Well, we bought that house for ten thousand dollars. Wow. And. Uh, and we, we end up playing Monopoly around there. We'd buy houses and sell them and stuff around there. Finally, we got three blues together. That house and the two to the south of us. Hi, Tony. Hello, how are you? Good. Would y'all like a little light? We like that house, yeah. We like that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's real convenient to us. We could get anywhere we needed to go. And they're still there? Uh, the house is still there. We sold those properties, and the uh, ladies tore down two of the houses, but kept our old office. And they have a little office in there too. Oh, and it was a great place. And what was the address of your office? Oh, that was five hundred nine Oakland. Okay. Five hundred nine Oakland. Let's see. Um. Did you have a favorite client? Sometimes people don't want to say who their favorite client was, but I see you've written down Texas Parks and Wildlife. Yeah, Texas Texas Parks and Wildlife was really our favorite client. Uh, we got so involved with them on McKinney Falls and, uh, and these mm-hmm. restoration projects. But, uh, and they would, they went for a long time, you know, employing architects. Well, then they built up a big staff there, and pretty soon they weren't hiring any architects. They're doing everything in house. So we yeah. kind of got some of the last projects that mm-hmm. they did. But you could write uh, the city in there too. We sure enjoyed working on okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Well, yeah, put the city of Austin there we'll too. Put yeah. city of Austin in there Yeah, too. put that in there. So you started your firm in 64, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's when I ran, ran through all the firms I was working for. Well, it sounds like Sounds like you prefer the design side of the business, but you were kind of forced into. Well, you got to. And my personality took over the business side as well. Right. Well, you have to. You got to get the clients in. Uh, mm -hmm. You got to. You've got to work for politicians. You've got to get to know people in the hierarchy of that are hiring mm -hmm. these things. The people that run the state building commission. The, Parks and Wildlife, the city, you know, Austin is full of agencies that do work. Uh, we've done work for what the uh, MHNMR over at Corsicana mm -hmm. State School, and uh, Gainesville. We did a beautiful uh, entrance building to up at Gainesville for the highway department, and the highway department. Gave us work in San Antonio. How did you stay plugged into all that? Um, well, you kind of, you know, you kind of finish. Projects kind of flow through there, and you got to bring another one in. And I mean, mm -hmm. you just have to keep work, work coming. You got to keep Jack Cryer figuring out how to do it. <laughs> That's what you got to do. You got to keep work on his board, but. Uh, uh, I don't know, it seemed, and, and sometimes we would get more than we could, you know, where mm -hmm. we'd have to hire people to do it. We never had to farm anything out to anybody, but uh, there were drafting services and things sure. like that that you could hire if you wanted to. And uh, uh, But you have to get the, you have to design the clients as well as the projects. That's right. What would you say were some of the highlights of your career? Well, uh, uh, getting, let's say, well, really, just working with Jack, Jack Cryer so many really? years in this wonderful mm -hmm. practice was just, was a highlight of my career. Uh, and uh, getting some great projects. We really got the kind that we were interested in yeah, with some design to them. Uh, that's what we wanted to do. And winning some awards. We won a bunch of awards from time to time. Design awards. Uh, uh, let's see. Being president of the AIA chapter was kind of a highlight. Mm -hmm. And then I was elected an AIA fellow in the, in the mid-90s, I think. Uh, and having some great clients was just, you know, just mm -hmm. relationships with those people. I still see some of them. Not a lot of them here in Austin, but... Do you still go back and visit some of your projects? Uh, I tell you, I have been... I go to the, the rec center sometime, or the, or the, uh, I go, uh, yeah, I have been back to the multi-purpose center and uh, the uh, United Way headquarters. 
I tell you, I went out to McKinney Falls the other day to go see this visitor center that won an award, award-winning project. People said, thought it was O'Neill Ford's project. <laughs> they asked me one time, did O'Neill Ford design that building? No, we did. Anyway, it was flooded out by the floods. It was oh. closed. You know, I couldn't get in it. It was locked up. Wow. So, but uh, the ones in Dallas, the banks, the Colwell Sun stuff, I still see those from time to time. Uh, but uh, they're, you know, they're they're holding up very well. And my, I designed a house over here on Parkway Street, the first house I built. Mm -hmm. And this is second. This is kind of a hodgepodge of a thing. But uh, it was it was quite a nice house. I live. I was driving. Lived out in South Austin. I was driving up Lamar, going to Dallas. One time, I saw a little sign that said "House for Sale Across Park." I went around there and bought the house for twenty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> lived there for about twelve years and tore it down and built that new house. Built a new house and uh, it won the Texas Wood Design Award in the residential oh. category, and it's a beautiful house to this day. But uh, yeah, I've enjoyed going and seeing some of my projects. But tell me about how you start the design project process uh, when you have a project. Well, you got to start by sketching. You're a sketcher. Yeah, sketching <laughs> and doodling around and, and trying to lay it out. I know the professors always said, "Don't use graph paper." Well, I use. I like to use graph paper because it gives me some scale, you know, mm -hmm. of everything. But I, I, uh, I'll sketch everything out pretty much freehand before we, or Jack will do the same. But uh, we, uh, we have a good time sketching things out and seeing who, <laughs> each one of, each one of us would inspire the other one to take it another yeah. step, you know. That's great. Did you have, or even now, because I know you're still creative, do you have like a, a daily kind of ritual or how you approach the day to get yourself going? I mean, some people have said, oh, I go for a walk or I, what do you I do? I tell you, I just, I keep a notepad over here a legal pad and I just keep writing down everything I gotta do every day or you know oh, okay. kind of remind myself what to mm -hmm. my, my to-do list and I keep going through that and say God I gotta get back and work on that thing but mm -hmm. uh, I got a little studio out here in the back if I get back there and turn on classical music I'm stuck for two or three hours working on some piece of sculpture yeah. or something When you were doing architectural projects, was there something about it that you worried the most about that would always? Well, you're always worrying about meeting deadlines and you're worried about bringing it in the budget, you know, that thing's sure. gonna bid, bid mm -hmm. right and come in the budget. And you, uh, everybody should do some supervision. Uh, that's. That's a difficult part of the work to uh, make sure they're doing things right, 
and uh, make sure all the paperwork, you know, in, in the project, you know, recording everything and making everything work right. Sure. But uh, we've had we've had some great contractors too. They've been good. What do you think was the first project you worked on that indicated to you that your career was taking off? That you had made the right decision to go into um, into architecture. Uh, well, I I think it was when we were working on Old Fort Richardson, and the Parks and Wildlife gave us the state park. Mm -hmm. You know that was the first real big job. The other these these restoration jobs are, are very finicky. You know when you gotta have a required. archaeologist there studying things and you, you're trying to figure out what was there and everything and try to get the old plans and everything. But anyway, we got a new project, got that state park and that, that kind of that inspired us. That was jumping yeah. off, yeah. Um, what do you think was the most challenging time in your career? Most challenging time? Let me see. Uh, where is that? Well, it, it, you wrote, I quit architecture school when I flunked steel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, that's right. I flunked steel working drawings for a second time, and so I quit that school. That was pretty distressing. It was, and yes. I went to Dallas and, and went to work and learned to draw <laughs> in that architect's office and came back and did well finishing up. Yeah, what do you think it was that caused you to flunk? That just doesn't still, sound like you. Just working drawings. I still can't do work. So <laughs> I'm still not very good at it. But uh, I don't know. I uh, me, me and the professor had a little bit of a conflict there too. Oh. I think. But I I still can't do work drawings very well. How about traveling? Has tra have you traveled and has it influenced your work? Oh yeah, you want to, when you travel, you want to go see, if you go to California and go to Los Angeles, go see Frank Lloyd Wright stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Go see Neutra's work, you know, try to see the great, if you go to Arizona, boy, go to uh, Paulo Solari's, you know, yeah. Sunset, whatever they are. and. Uh, We've been to Wisconsin and seen the great things up there, Taliesin, both mm -hmm. west and north. Uh, you go to New York, go to the Guggenheim, you know, go go see the great buildings up there. And uh, but I've I've tried to we we had a great trip to uh, to France here recently. Yeah, uh, and uh, we went to the Normandy celebration and then went to Paris and went down south of Paris over to the east side to Le Corbusier's uh, great chapel and that was incredible but uh, we were trying to find the uh, the line of Belfort and the French had a fort on this plateau over on their eastern border and the Germans failed to take this fort three times in the Franco-Prussian War, 
And so they had this sculptor who did the, the uh, Statue of Liberty carve this huge lion in the face of the bluff. Oh. And we were driving around trying to find this place in these five-foot, uh, five-story buildings and streets lined with trees. We couldn't find the, the bluff. Stopped at a convenience store, baffled the people with my pigeon French, and teenagers came up and said, we know where, what you're looking for, follow us. So they took us around there, showed us this great lion in this, in this uh, cliff. Were you close when you were driving around? Well, we weren't too far away, <laughs> we just couldn't see it. But uh, we had a great trip there and looking at some great, you know, the Louvre and the, mm -hmm. oh, all the frames in Paris are so it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. You can't, can't spend enough time in Paris. But, uh, well, I know you have a lot of artistic pursuits. Tell me about some of those, some of the other things you do outside of architecture. Well, uh, we got, when we were working on these forts, we had these great big box locks. I mean, they're about a foot long and about eight inches tall. They had big wow. chicken egg knobs on them. We had to figure out how to cast those because we they were cast in England in the 1840s and we couldn't find them anywhere. So I took a course at Laguna Gloria on wax sculpture and it hooked me. And uh, by the end of that course, myself and two other talented ladies were doing dogs and horses and everybody else still rolling cigars with their wax. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, and they've, they've done very well, but anyway, that really got me interested. And I saw, we started doing things like push plates on these visitor centers at these fort projects. We have, well, there's one of them up there. That's the oh, yeah. Comanche push plate, mm -hmm. that black one up there. And on the other one, we'd have the cavalry symbols. We'd put those on the doors. And then I, on my house over here on Parkway, I've got the zodiac signs of my first wife and my scorpion and her cat crab all in mm -hmm. on a big push plate. So I started integrating that into architecture. Then we got a job, the Texas Sheriff's Memorial over here at the Texas Sheriff's Association. We cut back into the hill, and we had a we've got a uh, black uh, granite or marble wall with all the names of the of the lawmen and jailers that have been killed over the history of Texas, and there's about 400 of them. Wow! It's called the I call it the Vietnam Wall of Dead Texas Lawmen. Mm -hmm. Well, in the center of that is a platform and my friend who ran the Sheriff's Association showed me a catalog and he had a had a Confederate soldier and the Union soldier and I had the policeman holding a little boy's hand. He said, that's what I'm gonna put on this stand here. And I said, Gordon, let me do you a model. That looks like New York City. That doesn't look like Texas. And uh, so I did a model of this old ranger standing with his hat off holding his hand down, his, his arm around his horse's head, and the horse's head's down, and he's looking into this surf. The, the uh, sheriff loved it. So I got my first big commission, and uh, three-quarter life size wow. called Partners, and it stands, it stands there. And uh, 
Anyway, when I quit my practice, uh, I was, you can look around, you can see a lot of stuff mm -hmm. that I did. Yeah. But uh, I started uh, getting serious about this and uh, I saw where the zoo in Kabul, Afghanistan was being vandalized so bad and I had done my thesis on a zoo for Austin. And I went out, in that half year I took off, I went to about 40 zoos around the country. I mean, I'd travel up through the Midwest and went all the way to Milwaukee Zoo. Went to California, saw the San Diego Zoo. And, but anyway, uh, the Taliban had decimated that zoo. It used to have 400 animals at about to, down to about 10. They'd killed one of the zookeepers and blown an elephant up with a rocket grenade, just see him blow up. And uh, I was reading about that, and I thought, God, that's terrible. And this uh, reading about the lion, a Taliban crawled into the lion's den, and the lion mauled him. His brother came back, threw a hand grenade in there, and blew the lion's eyes out and broke his jaw. Well, I wrote them a letter saying, I will do you a piece of bronze not to exceed so many pounds of some any animal. They came back and said, do Marjan. The lion. That was the lion's name. So I did, I did a three-quarter, a six-foot lion, built it right out here, and had it cast at my expense and took it over to North Carolina Zoo, which was the headquarters for people gathering money for that to restore oh, okay. that zoo, which they have. They've done a, a lot of work. Anyway, I've got pictures of it all back here being delivered and set, set in place. And, all the people standing around it, school kids climbing all over it and everything. But uh, anyway, that started, and that got in USA, Christian Science Monitor, nice. San Francisco, New York, uh, Dallas, local papers. Got me all, got on the cover of the Zoo and Aquarium magazine. Wow. So it did what I wanted to do. Brought attention to zoos. Yeah, but uh, anyway, sculpture's been a lot of mm -hmm. reward to me. And I'll show you some things out here in a minute. Okay. So Les I'm working on Leslie. And well, where's that going to go? Do you know? We're trying to get it on 6th and Congress on a bench there. Him sitting, sitting on the bench, hair in one hand, cigarette in the other on the back of the bench. People can sit next to him. They can put cigarettes in his fingers. They can put a, we got his legs crossed, put a shoe on his foot. Put a tiara on his head or something around his neck, but I'll show you so in a minute. So it's an interactive lesson. Yeah, but uh, that sounds good. Anyway, had a lot of fun with that. Uh, let's see. Um, what do you think was the most interesting development in architecture during your career? Um, well, I'm. I, uh, you mentioned computerized. Yeah, I think um, architecture being computerized, which I don't know anything about really, uh, has really changed it a lot. Mm -hmm. It's uh, certainly changed the way people, architects work. I know. And uh, you have to be a computer whiz to be an architect. <laughs> yeah. Were there any 
projects that never happened uh, in your career that are even within the city, not necessarily you? Well, I, one, one project we got involved with, we, uh, the Austin Natural Science Center uh, wanted to do a zoo, a regional habitat zoo in western part of Zilker Park. Uh, mm -hmm. And they have a little center there now. And there was a quarry there. And uh, they, we, we did a plan, we did a master plan for a regional habitat zoo there. And it was all native Texas animals mm -hmm. and plants. And uh, I've got a lot of the drawings around in the back, back shop back here. But we did this incredible project for them. We took it, the first presentation we made, the Rollingwood people got a hold of the plan. And it's a big, thick plan, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, they, uh, they came to that meeting and they, and they, had, they had taken our drawings and they had said, lions, tigers, bears, you know. And uh, they, they killed the project right there at that meeting. Wow. And uh, it never, never got off the ground, but it would have been a great mm -hmm. project for Austin had we gone on and done that. But that was, that was real disappointing. Well, we've kind of talked about all the cities and states you've worked in. Um, oh, here's a good question for you. Just personally, what are you most fascinated by outside of architecture? Well, uh, I, I have a ranch out here in the western end of the county. And uh, my dad and brother got into this, and finally it's all ended up, now it belongs to my kids, but we've had uh, this ranch property for years, and we've been raising Texas longhorns out there for a long time. And mm -hmm. I really love uh, the longhorns, and, that, and ranching is, is a good foil for working in an architect's office all week. I'm a weekend rancher. Uh, Sculpture, I love that. Taos, New Mexico. Uh, we go out there in the summer and rent a house for a month of August and stay in Taos, and it's just wonderful out It'd be there. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see, what else? I love to be with my wife and friends. Uh, and we we have we go to the Quest, which is an educational lecture series over here at UT, mm -hmm. continuing education. Yeah, we're involved with that, and we literally love that. We Absolutely. go twice twice a week in seasons, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, we just had a cocktail party last night at the Happy Hour over at the Whole Foods. Those are good. I've done those before. Yeah, they're they're really good. What advice would you give students of architecture or maybe young architects today? Okay. Uh, I think it's right there. 
shit right here. Uh, we'll study the work of great architects. Learn by learn to draw by hand and by computer now. But learn learn to sketch and mm-hmm. get your right realize your ideas, and then I guess now you have to begin to com, uh, convert them to computers. Work it's good good idea to work a little construction. I worked one time while I was going to school over here. I worked on the bowling alley over there at the yeah I was a, at the union. Yeah, I was in school, but I change clothes and go over there and we'd build this bowling alley. But you get to, you don't need to work a little construction and see how things go together. Uh, and, uh, you know, figure figure out how things go together or get you a partner that knows how everything works. Mm-hmm. can put that together. And then figure out how to design a client. Figure out where the jobs are going to come from and, and concentrate on that. Okay. What do you think are the most important factors influencing uh, the future of architecture in Austin? In Austin. Well, I I think Austin is being overbuilt and overpopulated. Uh, we're losing lots of good old buildings. We need, I, you know, in Dallas, there are business centers kind of around Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see high-rise buildings and complexes around. I don't know, Austin, of course, has Cedar Park and has Hutto or Maynard, but these, these are areas outside the city need to be developed where people are driving to those places instead of trying to All coming get into town. And uh, we're just, Downtown is just, the city is just being overwhelmed by traffic mm-hmm. and construction and, yeah. and road construction. That's right, trying to accommodate it. It's terrible. Tell me some of your favorite buildings in Austin. Well, uh, well, the UT Tower, Battle Hall, UT Stadium, the Bone House. You know mm-hmm. that bone house? Yeah. Great uh, international style house. Uh, the Austin Rec, our Austin Rec Center and our United Way. The City Hall, New City Hall or something. Of course, the Capitol Building. Uh, I like my old house on Parkway and my new house on Ways I Drive. Okay. <laughs> I like this one. Oh, more advice I'd give students and young architects. Get a good partner. Work for good firms. Be persistent and patient. Learn the construction project. Learn how to write short business letters, one-page business letters. That's one thing I learned in journalism and how to write, and architects can't write. I found that out. That's right. That was a good background for us. Learn how to uh, promote your work. I'll tell you a story about it. Interesting project. We would go to the Corps of Engineers in Fort Worth, 
many times. I'd go up there and not get a job. Well, I saw where they were. They wanted architect, architects for uh, six flight line latrines at Kelly Air Force Base. Well, I got to thinking about all the restrooms we'd done out here, mm -hmm. McKinney Falls and Fort Richardson and different places in the Town Lake restrooms we did. And so I wrote this colonel a letter. I said, Dear Colonel So-and-so, we are the outhouse kings of Texas. <laughs> we have done 26 freestanding restrooms, shower rooms, so-and-so, in so many state parks, you know, national parks, this, that, and the other. We know how to move that shit. <laughs> I sent him this letter. We got the job. We did the... That was Jack, great. Jack Cryer did the job. It came in a hundred thousand under the budget for some reason, and the Corps of Engineers sent us a, a letter wanting us to explain why it was a hundred thousand off the, the estimate. <laughs> God, I couldn't believe it. Well, then of course Jack gets in with the guys there at Kelly Air Force Base, and they come out with a NCO club, big seven, big. Four million dollar projects. We get the job. They just give it to us. Based on your restroom yeah. performance. <laughs> right. We get the job. Jack designs this beautiful building. Everything there on that base was kind of Spanish colonial and mm -hmm. he does this incredible building. It wins a local art, uh, uh, construction award there in San Antonio. It wins a uh, regional Department of Defense award. It wins one of five Department of Defense awards design oh. and for design. But I, you know, and Jack's got these awards over on his side. But I got the little letter up in front of me, and I say, Jack, this is why <laughs> you may have won those awards, but here's what we got. It's my That's letter. Right. <laughs> That's great. So, what do you value most about your life and all the things you've done? Oh my goodness, let me see what I see. Come here. Uh, I've, I had a, I've had a great architect career and I'm now up and coming in the sculpture world. And I had a great time as a weekend rancher. Mm -hmm. I've got a great wife and family and some great friends. They're all good. That's that's about all anybody can say about anything, isn't it? <laughs> right? I don't know what else you'd want. Yeah, to what else could you want? Yeah. Well, other than your Leslie sculpture, sculpture, are you working on any others right now? Well, I'll show you around. I just recently did one. Gail, Gail, when she was in Graham, the high school, she would run the barrels with her horse. I got, I've got a barrel out here and a girl on a horse coming around that barrel. It's mm -hmm. called running the barrels. Anyway, I just finished that. I stayed up at 4.30 the other night working on that. Uh, this piece right here, Rick Perry gave that to the Agra Khan, a, oh. a version of that, uh -huh. really. And uh, 
and I worked. I was commissioned to do this uh, Stephen F. Austin statue, which is in my backyard, by the South Austin Civic Club, and uh, I don't know that thing was killed. Austin Art and Public Places came to the uh, Parks Board meeting that we made a presentation. We wanted to put it on Butler Park, right there by that mountain mm -hmm. down there in front of that. He's he's standing. There's a model of him over there with pointing. Oh, okay. You yeah. always see him standing next to a tree with a rifle in his hand looking real serious. Well, I figured he'd be out here on this big grant with his maps on his knee with his spyglass pointing at Mount mm -hmm. Bunnell, you know. So anyway, I'm going to say, that's sitting back here. They killed it when we went to the Arts Commission. They didn't want it on on uh, Butler Shores. and. Uh, so it's just kind of died. Oh. And uh, this Leslie project, eh, we'll see where it goes. But I've got, I've got two pieces in a Dallas park. I've got one here up here at Georgetown. I want a competition to put a piece on the Georgetown Square. And it's in front of the city hall now. It's called Water in the Work Mills. It's, it's my dad at age 14 and 1910 on his dad's old cotton farm up in North Texas, and uh, I've got one at Big Ben. I've got a falcon at Big Ben, Chisos, in front mm -hmm. of the Chisos. I've got a Billy Goat's Gruff statue at the Dallas Cripple Children's Center courtyard, and I've also got that at the North Carolina Zoo. It was in the National Sculpture Society show in Brook Green Gardens, and they saw it, and they knew me from the Marjan mm -hmm. deal, but they bought that for their a zoo. Uh, I've got the partner statue out here at the Sheriff's Memorial. I got the Eeyore statue in Eastwood Park. Yeah. And uh, what else we got? That's a lot of work. Got a lot of stuff. Got got the raccoons. Did you see them coming I in? Did. Okay, yeah. the raccoons or guy ate lunch with a guy yesterday that has bought one of my statues of the guys arm wrestling. I've got mm -hmm. these arm wrestlers right there trying to pull each other's feet. He used to try to pull each other off balance at junior high school. He bought a big, made a big one of those and he bought a raccoon yesterday. So, and I set that raccoon in the Dallas Park here not too long ago. But anyway, oh, and a, a guy approached me about doing a statue of an all-american football player for colorado school of mines and in 1939 a man named lloyd madden broke whizzer white's scoring record and it stood for 60 years till ricky williams broke it over here wow. at the university of texas well this guy was must have been an incredible football player or they had a credible team then i said send me some pictures of madden well they sent me pictures and everybody had no teeth or broken noses. And I, so I built this little model of it here. I call it leather helmets and no, broken noses. And he's running with a ball. He's pushing this guy that's laying on the ground, pushing him down. Well, I built the thing, three-quarter life size, and I drove it to Golden, Colorado, the Colorado School of Mines. Well, I get up to, to uh, Post Texas or one of those little cra football crazy panhandle mm -hmm. towns. So 
it's sticking up out of the back of my pickup. He's running. And uh, I go in a, a filling station, convenience store, and I come out, and there's a great big guy standing there by my truck, and he says, we got to have one of these here in post. I said, really? <laughs> so I give him my card. And he says, yeah, we have a, a varsity alumni football game, and I play in it every year. And I thought, you idiot, some big old farm boy's going to let him carry it off one of these days. And, uh, but uh, I took it up there, and we set it, set it there in the campus. And it's, uh, it's there, huh? Yeah. It's, uh, but anyway, that, that was cool. a lot of fun. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I want to show you around. Okay, okay. okay. Well, that'll be good. Yeah. Let me turn this off then. Thank you very much. <laughs>